Does the ANC owe 150 million rands to a poster company? And could the ANC be liquidated if it doesn't pay the money back? Let's get into it. Spread the fire. Spread the fire. Spread the fire. Welcome back to SMWX, Spread the Fire, and today we're going to get into this question of the ANC's 150 million plus rand debt with Ezulwini Investments. Now, you may have seen this story on the news, you may have seen a sheriff's truck outside the ANC's headquarters, Lutuli House. Today, we're going to sit back and completely understand this issue. And I'm going to do so in two parts. The first part is going to be a breakdown of the facts. Who are the players? Who are the people? How did the ANC get itself into this crisis? And what are the legal processes that have unfolded surrounding this 150 plus million rand debt? Then in the second part, we're going to look at what are the implications of the recent judgment of the Supreme Court of Appeal? What does it mean that the ANC has to pay this money by a court order? What does it mean that they're appealing? And what are the ultimate implications? Does it mean the ANC could be liquidated? Are there other alternatives open to the party to get around this problem? So that's how we're going to break down this episode today. And let's get straight into the factual background. What is all of this 150 million the ANC owes about? So in order to understand this, we need to take a step back to the 2019 national elections. Now, you'll remember that the ANC was running a very fierce campaign. President Cyril Ramaphosa had just come in as president a year before. These are the elections which the current government won and brought Cyril Ramaphosa's administration into power. That election was held on the 8th of May in 2019. And for that election, the ANC, like many political parties, as you'll see with the 2024 election right now, needed a bunch of campaign posters and banners to run its election campaign. So the ANC went to a service provider, a Mr. Ramdas, who ran Ezulwini Investments. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Mr. Ramdas was actually an ANC supporter and a long-standing ANC member. So he claims, and Ezulwini Investments claim, and the court sides with Ezulwini Investments on this, that before the election in February that year, they sat down with some officials of the ANC, or at least employees and functionaries of the ANC, to create a deal for election posters. We'll do election posters for you. It's going to cost you around 100 million in the end. That's what it came to. And they said they had a deal. They had the posters, used them, even took the posters down after the election. And then when it came time for the ANC to make a payment, suddenly they got blue ticked. So... Let's go more deeply into the story because it is fascinating and you will see as the story unfolds and make sure you stay along to the end. There are some twists and some turns and some incredible things that are revealed in this court judgment which haven't come to the full public spotlight. So who were these ANC officials 
according to the judgment of the Supreme Court of Appeal, who met with Mr. Ramdas? Well, there were two officials. Number one was a Mr. Nkolise, and number two was a Mr. Mabaso. Now, who were they in terms of the ANC? Well, Mr. Nkolise was the personal assistant to the head of elections of the ANC for the 2019 election. So the ANC was running an election. They always appoint a head of elections, which is the ANC person who's in charge of the elections. And that head of elections had a personal assistant who was one of the ANC officials who went into this deal for the posters. Who was the ANC's head of elections? None other than the current Secretary General, Mr. Figile Mbalula. So his personal assistant as head of elections in 2019, Mr. Nkolise, was one of the two ANC officials who went into this uh, deal, at least according to Ezulwini Investments, and accepted by the SCA, the Supreme Court of Appeal. The other person, Mr. Mabaso, was the ANC finance manager. Now, of course, the ANC has a treasurer general who's part of the top six, who's the ultimate financial authority in the party. But the party also has day-to-day -day people who, who run matters, and they have a finance manager, and this was Mr. Mabaso. So Mr. Nkolise and Mr. Mabaso from the ANC went into a deal, allegedly according to Ezulwini Investments, with Ezulwini to say, look, we need election posters, you can provide the posters, tell us how much it costs, and we will pay you. And they never got paid. So that's really what all of this is about. Now, what did Ezulwini base this claim on? Because anyone can come around and say, well, I have a deal for 100, 100 million, right? They, there was some evidence that they based this deal on, which the court accepted. Now, there was a letter, and I'm going to read from the judgment here, that was sent to Mr. Ramdas of Ezulwini Investments. And this letter said, quote, this communique serves to inform the finance department that Comrade Lebohang Kolise, remember that's the um, personal assistant to the head of elections, has been assigned as the signatory for bookings and money for the duration of the elections campaign. Now, that was an internal letter that was sent to, I think it was the... the Treasurer General of the ANC, but it was an internal letter sent within the ANC and it had the head of elections signature on it. And that a picture of that letter was WhatsApped to Mr. Ramdas to say, look, the authorization has been given. Uh, the person you're dealing with has the, the capacity to uh, make decisions on election finances. So when he took this letter to the court and he said, hey, I got sent this picture of a letter which said this person was duly authorized, the court effectively accepted that version. And it does beg the question, why was there this letter which said this person was duly authorized to sign these documents if in fact they didn't have such authorization, which was the ANC's version? That's why the court rejected their version. Now, it's, <laughs> it's really funny because Mr. Ramdas was a member of the ANC and he hasn't wanted to embarrass the party. That's why this has taken five years because they've tried everything as Uluni Investments to, to talk to the ANC behind closed doors, 
to write to people, to beg them, to pay them the money that, that was used for these election posters. In the court judgment we hear, Mr. Ramdas wrote to Ace Mahashule, who was the secretary general at the time. Blue tick, no reply. He wrote to President Ramaphosa. Blue tick, no reply. He then wrote to Paul Mashadile, who's currently the deputy president, but was treasurer general at the time. And listen to that. This has to be the best blue tick of, of, of all time. In fact, my producer, uh, Oradile, said basically he got sent an out-of-office reply. Um, the, <laughs> the response Mr. Ramdas got from Mr. Mashadile when he was like, please, you owe me 100 million rands, is, quote, the matter is receiving attention. I will revert to you in due course. And that was the last. That was the last he ever heard from Mr. Imagine you were owed a hundred racks, and you just got a nice out-of-office reply like that. So the ANC just blue-ticked Mr. Ramdas, um, like like you can't believe. And eventually, he had to get his lawyers to write to the ANC to say, "We have this agreement. We have this letter. We did these posters for you." Can we please have our money? And eventually it got to the point where they were like, you know what, even though I'm a member of this party, I have to take my own party to court to get the money that is due to me. So we took the matter to the high court, which is the court below the Supreme Court of Appeal. And they found in his favor. The ANC then applied for leave to appeal that judgment, which is like basically when you ask a court, okay, we think you got it wrong. Can we do another look at this case in the same court, but with different judges? And the high court dismissed the application for leave to appeal. But the ANC still had another option, which was to take it to an even higher court, the Supreme Court of Appeal. And that's where this judgment that I'm reading from comes from. So they went to the Supreme Court of Appeal. They said, we think the high court judgment was wrong. We didn't have a binding agreement with Ezulwini. We want you to look at this afresh and judge for yourselves. And guess what? A majority of the Supreme Court of Appeal, I think it was a unanimous judgment actually, ruled in favor of Ezulwini. So the ANC failed in the High Court, failed to get leave to appeal, and have failed in the Supreme Court of Appeal. We'll talk in due course about what their remaining options are because they still have a few options um, on which they can rely. But it would only be fair to have a look at what the ANC's version is, because even though it was dismissed by both courts, we need to have a look at what they are actually saying. So the first thing the ANC is saying is that they don't have, uh, the person who gave this authorization, the, pers the two people who Mr. Ramdas from Ezulwini was meeting, Mr. Nkolise and Mr. Mabaso, didn't have the power to enter into an agreement on behalf of the ANC. Now, the problem with this version, according to the court, is let's go back to that letter. Because that letter says, this communique serves to inform the finance department of the ANC that Mr. Nkolise has been assigned. Stop there. Has been. So the court said that didn't mean he was assigned from the moment that the letter was sent. It meant he had already been assigned. As the signatory for bookings and money, 
underline this part, for the duration of the election campaign. And the court said, what does the duration mean? Duration means the whole election campaign from start to finish. So the ANC tried to say, well, you know, if there was an agreement, the agreement was only signed properly and authorized after, you know, Mr. Ramda said it had happened. But the court went back, looked at this communique that was sent internally in the ANC and said, you authorized this person for the duration of the campaign. The court, I mean, you must read the judgment for yourself. We'll link to it below. But the court looked at the ANC's version on various other aspects. And it listed 19 problems or questions that still needed to be answered. Now, when you see in a judgment, the following questions need to be answered. And then it was a colon. And then they started from A, B, C. And it went all the way up to S. That was the problem. Those were the problems with the ANC's version that the court found. Basically that, how could all of these things have happened? How could the posters have been printed? How could there be a WhatsApp group where they were sharing the posters and talking about what was happening with the posters? How could there be this internal letter inside the party? How could Mr. How could Mr. Ramdas go ahead with printing and the ANC officials not say, do not print these posters. We do not have authorization yet for the printing. How come all of that didn't happen, basically? 19 different reasons. But the ANC, in front of the Supreme Court of Appeal, tried to raise a new argument that hadn't been raised before. Now, get a load of, of this, okay? They said, actually, hold on. There was a corrupt relationship, or a negligent relationship, or an improper relationship between some of the ANC officials and Mr. Ramdas, where they colluded and Mr. Ramdas said that they could each make 10 million if they went with his um, service. So I just want to read that part as well of the communication that the ANC said Mr. Ramdas sent that was corrupt. Let's see what they said he sent in a WhatsApp message. So reading from paragraph 34 of the judgment, the nub of the ANC's attempt to introduce new evidence was that, quote, on the 23rd of February, 2019, Mr. Ramdas sent a WhatsApp message to Mr. Mabaso, the finance manager, in which he stated he being Mr. Ramdas, in which Mr. Ramdas stated that if the ANC confirmed two orders with Ezulwini, Mr. Ramdas had worked out the figures and they could all make 10 million each. Okay, so let's take a step back here. So what the ANC is saying is that the agreement was not valid because it was basically uh, premised on an unlawful, corrupt relationship between Mr. Ramdas and ANC officials in which if the ANC paid the 100 million contract for the posters, then everyone would benefit 10 million each. Just take a step back and appreciate what that means. What that means is that the ANC's defense in this case is that there was corruption. Their defense is that there was corruption. So either they owe 150 million rand, because it's a, roughly 100 million for the posters plus the interest, which that's how you get to the 150 million figure. 
So either they owe 150 million, or some of their most senior officials were involved in a corrupt deal for election posters. In which case, ANC members should be absolutely shocked that the money that was supposed to go to actually putting banners and, and election materials around the country was itself being used improperly. Or at least service providers were trying to corrupt their members. So that's the defense. Now, the court dismissed that defense. They didn't even allow the evidence into the court because Mr. Ramda said, I'd like to see that message and I'd like it to be produced and no one could produce it. So all we have is an allegation that there was a WhatsApp message. Now, <laughs> the story gets even more interesting because according to the judgment, the ANC did its own internal investigation into how this contract came about. And the court said, well, why didn't you give us that investigation and its outcomes? Why didn't you give it to the previous court? Why didn't you give it to this court in time? And guess what? The ANC couldn't pay the firm who did the investigation, so they couldn't get the report, apparently. So there's just this long trail and stream of service providers not being able to get paid by the country that runs South Africa. So the ANC couldn't adequately answer the question of why this report wasn't produced, why this evidence wasn't brought to the previous courts. And the court also said, hold on a second, if you're saying there was a corrupt agreement, then you're already admitting that there was an agreement. Now you just want to say that the agreement is corrupt. So that actually destroys your earlier case that there was no agreement. Now you're saying there was a corrupt agreement. So which one is it? Either there's an agreement and it was corrupt, or there was no agreement, but you can't have both. And that's how the court dealt with effectively the ANC's arguments. Of course, go and read the judgment for yourself because it's a very detailed judgment. But here I'm just trying to summarize as best as I can what I, I glean and read from that judgment. So we are now in a situation where the Supreme Court of Appeal, the second highest court in the land, has said to the ANC, this money is due to Ezzoluni Investments and you need to pay it. So now in the next part of this video, we will deal with what are the implications of that judgment going forward? So what are the implications of this judgment and what could happen in the future? Will the ANC actually have to pay this money? Could they be liquidated as a party? And what could this mean for the 2024 election? Let's start with the legal processes from here. So the ANC has said that it intends to appeal the Supreme Court of Appeal judgment, and it's able to do that. So it's going to take this to the Constitutional Court. But there's no guarantee that the Constitutional Court will actually agree to hear the matter. There is a very high bar for approaching the Constitutional Court and successfully even having the case heard, let alone decided in your favor. So you have to show that there are constitutional matters involved, that the court has jurisdiction um, and a, a whole host of other requirements. So you can't just somehow go to the constitutional court and expect to be heard. So the first question will be when this application is made, because all we know from the ANC is that they intend to appeal 
but I, I haven't seen any official reporting that they have made the official legal application to the constitutional court. They've just said they want to appeal. So once they, 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 they approach the court, the first thing we'll, we'll all have to watch is, will the court hear the matter? Now, if the court doesn't hear the matter, that's the end. There's no other court you can appeal to. The other alternative is that the constitutional court will hear the matter, will listen to the arguments, and there is a chance that the constitutional court could rule in the ANC's favor if it decides to hear the matter. Now, I don't think this is very likely, and I'll tell you why. The High Court and the Supreme Court of Appeal were, were very clear that this, this is actually not a deep constitutional case about um, rights or you know, uh, the right to life or the Bill of Rights or you know, how the government is treating its citizens. Um, this is a simple contract case. Was there an agreement? And if there was, should it be followed? And all of the judgments effectively say that it's fairly obvious that there was an agreement here. And it's hard to, like, this is the daily bread of lawyers just dealing with, you know, run-of-the-mill agreements. It's hard to see how the constitutional court would, would think there's something constitutionally at stake here in an agreement between two private parties over election banners. Also, the judgments are, are just so resounding that sometimes it's just hard to see how, how you could possibly win a case like this. So in the unlikely event that the court hears it, I would be very surprised if the ANC prevailed. But of course, um, you never know. And um, let's see what, what the legal minds who, who come to the constitutional court will, will argue to try and get the ANC out of, out of this one. I think the deeper question then is, if the ANC is actually indebted to Ezulwini Investments, what does that mean for the financial position of the party in the run-up to such an important election, right? Now, I want to play you a clip here from the lawyer from Ezulwini Investments because the ANC, he revealed, actually tried to settle. So they tried to go behind closed doors with Ezulwini Investments and said, hey, we'll give you a certain amount of money. Can we make this whole thing go away, right? Guess how much the settlement offer was according to the Ezulwini Investment attorney. Remember, it's 150 million rands. They offered them 10 million. 10 million when they actually owe 150 million. And um, so let's have a look at that clip. Uh, remember our claim, and, and I wanted not say claim because it's a judgment debt, has been for, for 102 million rand plus interest, which to date computes to about 145 million rand and, and costs in excess of 5, 6 million rand. Now, Looking at that, the offer from them was, we'll give you 10 million rand, go away. <laughs> and uh, my response to the ANC attorney in the, in the boardroom is, is quite a, a big muscular guy who works out. I said to him, if you weren't so big, I'd throw you out of my office by the scuff of your neck. <laughs> but, 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 but that is just, just the way, and, and we, we made it clear to them that's months ago that we would not concede uh, on the amount that was owed to us. We give them uh, an infinitely reasonable payment plan. And the answer to that was, well, 
my client, the ANC, would have liked you to articulate uh, something somewhere in between. Now, again, we reached out, and, and, and because they hadn't clarified the quantum that they were offering, we said, well, oh, do we understand you to, to, to suggest that you are offering us a 10 million rand plus our 140, the mean, the average of that is, is 75. And we, we, we articulated this figure to them, and then it fell on deaf ears. There was no response. Hmm. Because possibly the desperation that my client found himself in uh, those three, four months ago, was that he might have accepted. They might have accepted 75 million, as reduced as that would have been, as, as, as unfair as that would have been, given that they've performed. They were so desperate that they, would, they might have accepted that. Right. But again, the C <laughs> didn't come back to us and, and, and didn't you know, confirm, well, okay, we offered you 75. So as you can see, the ANC has been trying to settle this, but clearly they just don't have the money that's necessary to settle it. Now, Ezulwini says that, you know, the figure that they would consider at this point is 75 million, which is a lot less than the 150. And they have creditors that are knocking on their door saying, you owe us money. So there's like a chain of people who owe people money because Ezulwini hasn't been paid. But just think about it. The ANC has a huge election ahead of it. The last thing the ANC needs right now is to have to pay 150 million rands that's not dedicated to the election, that's just paying back previous debts. So this really figures and links to the South African election because at a time when the ANC is facing its most serious opposition in democratic history, its finances may be diverted away from its election campaign. And you've already seen with the registration weekend, when you look at the posters that are up for different political parties, you don't see ANC election posters anywhere right now, um, certainly in, in Joburg and, and Gauteng. So that speaks to a party that, that won't have the kind of resources that it needs to run a massive electoral campaign. You know, electoral campaigns can cost as much as a billion rand. That's how much the ANC has spent on past elections. Now, 10% of that, or even 15% of that, being diverted or, or having to be paid back to a past service provider would be a serious dent on any election budget. So the ANC is, is in this difficult position where the courts are now tightening their grip on the one hand, but on the other hand, they need money for the election campaign. And we'll have to watch as this unfolds whether the courts and the court process happens before or after the election. Because if, if it's before the election, we could be in a position where the ANC literally has to pay this money or some kind of payment plan has to be put in place and they have to just give away 150 million that doesn't go to the election fight. That's like a whole province election budget. Now, here's where the story gets deeper, because there's this thing called insolvency proceedings. Now, this is something that Ezulwini Investments has threatened. So if you owe someone else money, but you actually don't have the money to pay them, then you can be declared what's called insolvent. And being declared insolvent means that your liabilities outweigh your assets and you're never going to make up that gap. 
Now, if you get declared insolvent as a political party, you can't run for elections. So if Ezulwini Investment wanted to get really aggressive, and I'm assuming they do because they kind of owed 150 million rands, they have threatened to bring insolvency proceedings on the ANC to say, it's clear that this party cannot pay us back. We therefore want the court to declare the ANC insolvent. And that's where this whole liquidation thing comes from. So either the ANC is going to have to come up with the money or sell a number of assets um, or allow some of its assets to be attached by Ezuluni investments, like properties, or they're going to have to pay the money back, or in the worst case scenario for the party, they could be declared insolvent. I think that there is enough power and money around the ANC to make this go away. Um, so I'm sure someone somewhere is going to find money for Ezuluni investments because it just is unthinkable for the ANC to become insolvent. I mean, that would just be... I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't rule it out because South Africa is a movie, but that would be like the finale of the movie. ANC is declared insolvent and can't even contest the election. So let's see. But it's going to be really hard for the ANC to find a funder. Maybe they're going to have to ask their president to just find some money in a couch somewhere, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like someone's gonna someone's gonna have to come through for the ANC and bail them out. Because it looks like Ezulwini is not going away. They want at least a decent settlement. And the courts are with them on this one. So what do you think? Comment down below if you have any disagreements with my analysis of the judgment, if you have any other insights you want to add. Do you agree with the courts on this case? Do you agree with the ANC side of things on this case? Of course, my interview with uh, ANC Youth League President Colin Malachi also touches to some extent on this. So check that out when it is out and you will see how he responds to that. What do you think about this? Could the ANC be liquidated? Could the ANC come back and maybe win this case in the Constitutional Court. Will the Constitutional Court actually agree to hear this matter? And what does it all mean for the 2024 elections? In this episode, we have broken this question down for you and helped you to understand exactly what's going on so that when you see these headlines about the ANC owing 150 million, you are now the expert in the room. Like, share, subscribe. We're on the road to 100,000 subscribers before the 2024 election. That's our goal. And if anyone wants to donate 150 million rand to SMWX, drop me an email. Check the About section of this channel. Aye, aye.